0: You're listening to the Packer Net Podcast Network. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our, in our offense. You come to tackle, you take the defensive end, if he's
1: over, then if he's back, you drive down the brace man who's inside. You pull back and get him, take the first man outside the offense, no one shows. You're right by this and feel this right. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he comes inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play. What we're we'll trying to get is a seal here and a seal here, and try to run this play in each alley.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. Uh, My name is Clayton. You can check us out at Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We got Tim live in Green Bay. We got a packed house in the chat. I want to give a quick shout out really, really quick to a couple of people that were uh, tuned in last night. Like I said, for whatever reason, our chat on our end here on uh, StreamYard locked up from time to time, so we didn't see uh, where United Bates had actually uh, donated memberships to some of the listeners, so again, United Bates, thank you so much for being a blessing, buddy, I can't say that enough, and also ar 69 actually did another super chat that got lost in the shuffle simply because it wasn't popping up on our end, so what I'm doing tonight is I've got a second monitor pulled up, and I'm monitoring YouTube, so hopefully that doesn't happen again, and Jacob, if you've got one going too, Tim, if you guys do at any point, just cut me off and say, Hey, you got a super chat. That's not showing up. All right. But, um, with that being said, you know, I had a little bit of time to sleep on the game. I think I got like four or five hours of sleep last night. So uh, we're a little wore down, but I'll tell you this, when I woke up this morning, um, you know, I felt a lot better about the game. I really did. Um, I, I went back and watched it again. I'm on my second pass through, like I was telling Tim, um, actually cutting the video clips for chalk talk right now. And, uh, it, to me, the fact that so many things went wrong in certain moments of the game and you still only lose by three points shows you how close this team is week in and week out. Granted, you, you're never going to win. I don't think you're ever going to win in the NFL throwing three interceptions in one game, personally. But, uh, you know, the defense stepped up time and time again. I was so proud of the defense um, after going back and watching it and just seeing how every third down they just step up bang sack in the drive, right. Or push them out of field goal range in some instances. So um, Jacob, how do you feel about the game today, man? One, uh, you know, one sleep removed, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah, I'm still a little salty uh, <laughs> and it's not, it's I, I watched it about an hour ago, uh, just trying to replay as much as I could. And I got the same feeling I'm watching it. And I'm like, man, we were in this game, the whole game. Like we were, we were right there, the whole game. And we, I don't know. Uh, a lot of it is me kind of going back and forth on whether or not I think Jordan Love is still a great quarterback or if we should tank for <laughs> you know Caleb or something like that. I, I do want to know, can you pull this up on the fly? Because I, uh, somebody told me, and I remember this stat, or maybe I read it just on the quick, the O-line, they gave up 14 pressures but only one sack after everything. I feel like I just watched nothing but Crosby bearing people into the ground. So I'm that's not sure if you guys work. can pull that up on the fly. But if that's the case, I mean, 14 pressures is pretty crazy. I do remember, and we'll get into it here going in, that there was a few pass-blocking grades that I was kind of surprised by as far as PFF with, again, as, it, as, as much as it looked like we were watching poor Jordan Love just run around like a chicken with his head cut off. I mean, then uh, there's a few other things we can get into that were a little bit surprising, but I, I – now that I've slept on it, I, I still now find myself more more of the blame. I'm trying to find someone to blame. And and I'm, I know that's <laughs> the that's, American that's, way. <laughs> I was gonna say that's such a 2023 American thing to do. Yeah, exactly. But to me, I just to me again it more it more falls somewhere at Matt LaFleur's because this seems to be a consistent thing where when I listened to his press conference, I got about halfway through it before we had to jump on here live again. He said a lot of the stuff, oh god. My dog is zombie walking. Sorry. Uh wondering <laughs> what's up with Jacob's dog. He had, had ear surgery and
2: let's just say this is the only thing he's comparable to.
0: In my knee. Um
2: at the old Aaron Rodgers glossy eyes from the perk game. So um, <laughs> pray for the little guy. Look at him back, he's like, I'm going back to bed, man. You kidding me?
1: Almost.
0: <laughs> he might take.
3: Right. Oh, uh, man, he's got to uh, find that comfortable,
0: c- comfortable side there. Uh, there you go. There. Yeah.
1: Right there. <laughs> go ahead, Jake. No, I mean, <laughs> I was just more. Uh, what were we talking about? Sorry, I just completely. Uh, you asked about you asked about the sacks. I did pull up uh, ESPN box
2: score is showing two official sacks. So it was uh, Max Crosby had one and Trayvon Morey had one.
1: This was according um, to PFF. I know they score their sacks weird at PFF for some reason, differently than normal. But yeah, still, if it's two sacks, even, I thought in my head. It felt like it was third. <laughs> yeah. I thought it felt like there was five or six at least. And that was a little bit surprising to me. Um, one of the other things that I can't remember exactly what I was going to talk to you guys about. Oh, just a- another thing that just seems so glaring. In the last three games, I read that we are outscored 54 to six in the first half. Like how you talked about how we've been so bad and yet things are still seemingly kind of, we still can see that the glass, the glass is half full looking at that stat alone. I feel like we should be Owen five. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't, it's a crazy stat to come back from. And if anything, and now that made me think like, man, maybe Barry should get way more credit than he is,
0: hmm.
1: you know, than than. And hate, obviously. I, I don't know what to think. And now, I again, the blame to me, I got to direct it right back at Matt LaFleur. I got a c- conspiracy corner. Maybe he is so jealous of Matt Barry or J- Matt Barry of Joe hold Barry.
2: On, hold, hold that thought. Don't even say it yet. Let's queue it up. We got to queue it up. Here we go. You ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Oh. no Jacob was here. What's a conspiracy, man? Spill it, spill it, Dr. Joe Rogan.
1: I mean, we've we've been hearing about how Joe Barry has all these first round, you know, talent eight guys, first round talents. Why aren't they good? Joe Barry secretly has been giving us a great, I shouldn't say great, a comparable defense that's putting, you know, not allowing offenses to score above 20 while our offense is throwing three interceptions. I mean, I'm just saying, what if Matt LaFleur all of a sudden starting to notice that people are onto him, that he knows nothing? The whole Shanahan tree. He's the bottom of the rung. He's just the dirty apple that already fell off. He's rotting on the ground. Now he has to look around and he's trying to save himself. So what he's doing, he's going to throw Joe Barry under the bus. That's what he's going to do. Now he's just going to say, I don't know if you watched the press conference. He did kind of throw some shade at Joe Barry, and, and uh, no, I tell you, man, I don't, I do not understand
2: it either. I, I went back and watched it, and I'm just going. It, it, the the high point of that game, the highlight of that game, was the defense. There's no two ways about it. Like how many times Jordan love gave them the ball back and then the defense stepped right back up and held them to field, held them to a field goal there, you know, deep in, in, in their territory. And then later in the game, when you needed to stop to get the ball back to your office, to give them a chance to win the game, they came up big again, 17 points. And you're like I said, 17 points and your quarterback through three interceptions. Like, I don't know, man, I just, I'm not seeing it. And again, there were two plays that were like, uh, yeah, that looks funny on tape. Uh, one of which really had no impact on the game at all, in my opinion, uh, because they ended up, I think, blocking a field goal later that drive. But again, it makes for a pretty screenshot for a bunch of drunkards that just want Joe Barry fired. <laughs> and listen, are there better defensive coordinators out there? I guarantee you there are. And do I want them to go hire one? Absolutely. But if you're, like Again, if you're asking me what's the problem, the problem isn't Joe Barry. The problem is lack of execution. And then last night, the defense executed fairly well with the exception of a few missed tackles and Darnell Savage kind of losing his mind on a what should have been an interception, right? Um, other than that, Tim, I mean, I don't know what else you could ask out of this defense, especially that's missing not just Devondre Campbell, but we're also missing Quay Walker as well. And, uh, and of course for Sean Gary, I do want to get to the snap count because someone brought up last night. They felt like, I think it was you, right? Jacob, you felt like Rashawn That's... didn't have that many snaps. Did you ever get a snap count?
1: Uh, I didn't look at it. Um, I didn't take a specific note of it, but I did have that question last night. Now that you mentioned it, I am very curious about that.
2: Yeah. I'll see if I can pull that up, but Tim, how do you feel after a night of sleep, man? You, you feel any different about it?
0: Um, I'm kind of split between you, you guys. <laughs> um, I feel a little bit better. Um, again, we were in the game the entire game and never it never got completely away from us. I mean, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, it came down to that last drive, you know, maybe a split second decision the other way. And we're having a totally different conversation um, than we did last night. But uh, I'm just looking at my notes. Um, I don't know if we won the middle eight. Maybe we can get into that. It was 0-0, to I'm pretty sure. 0-0, okay. Uh, So I guess what I'll say is we didn't tuck our tails and go away in the middle eight. Um, You know, when you – Preston Smith on that third and goal with the the PBU getting his hands up and just, you know, holding them to a field goal um, was huge. Um, I got in my notes here too. uh, Defense banged up but grinding, keeping us in the game and that was kind of the, kind of the story. We were thin, um, and not playing in, entirely to our potential at the same time. Oh, yet we were still in the game. So, you know, I, I, I don't think you, uh, can put this all on, uh, the defense in this one and certainly not on Joe Barry. Yeah, for sure. Um,
2: that's kind of how I see it looking at the snaps. So, uh, Jacob um Rashawn Gary had 30 snaps. So to put that into perspective, if you you know, you know the heavy rotation they like to use with edge rushers, Gary had, I believe, if I'm looking at this correctly, he had the most snaps of any edge defender. Okay. So let me let me just make sure Press no Preston Smith had forty-three. Then it was Rashawn Gary at thirty, and Kingsley and Igbari at twenty nine, Lucas Van Ness twenty-six, right around that range. So full um, not like, a full workload i think
1: we feel yeah, comfortable saying right that to me feels like that he should be like in the 50s i mean what crosby is a guy that's 70 plus now so i mean
2: and you know look crosby was the villain last night right like we absolutely like you hated him as a player last night
1: I respected him, dude. Are you kidding me? And by the way, she's had Murph in the chat.
2: What up, Murph? Man, yeah, we got that. Uh, that jersey's going to be on its way here in the next day or two. So congratulations, Murph. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, yeah, he, and what I mean by that, Jacob, I'm saying he was the villain last night, but it's hard not to like the guy. He plays the game the right way. Uh, his his background, his story, overcoming addiction and all that. Um, and he just he's just one of those guys, man. You want him on your football team, don't you, Tim? Would you love to see him lined up across from uh, Rashawn Gary?
0: Oh, man. Absolutely. You know, I mean, and besides the, the physical attributes and, you know, the type of player he is, he, he brings that extra. I've, I've alluded to it a few other times. You know, you always get a little bit more. Um, it's always good, too, when you got a guy that can do it on the field and also get inside uh, the opponent's set a little bit. And I certainly think uh, he was giving them boys on the line all they could handle last night. So and that was evident. Definitely giving those tight ends all they could handle. That, that, I'm telling you, man, you're you're going
2: to hear me rant on chalk talk about this offense because they they made things so much more difficult than it needed to be. I mean, yeah. and it was so many times pounding the rock, pounding the rock. It's working, it's working, and then all of a sudden, all right? Let's pull a guard. All right, let's 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 run a sift block opposite direction of the run action, and literally go negative two hat count on the run side because you wanted to get pretty. And throw a sift out the backside, which made no sense. And I, I pray to sweet baby Jesus, it was miscommunication because if that was the plan, that's not a good plan,
0: <laughs> right? So right. It, miscommunication, you can you can correct that, but if you've got a flawed a flawed approach, that's a whole nother ball game, right? Can I yeah.
1: go can I say one
0: thing quick? Right before I hopped on here, I I was,
1: you know how I like to wait. I just a little behind the scenes stuff, guys. If we go live at seven, I usually hop on on like seven. Or 658. Oh, he's so worse than Mandy. Mandy,
2: Mandy is late to everything.
1: I'm not yeah. late. I like to save our banter and all of it to be organic. So it comes we can in like come three
2: seconds. Go, Jacob, man, how you doing? I'm all right. All right. Well, here we go. We're <laughs> going live. Hey,
1: and then we just go live. It's fun that way. But um, what I was doing this time was I was trying to listen to as much as the Matt LaFleur, uh, press conference, the newest one. When I looked at it, it was like 52 minutes old. So I was listening to as much as I could, and in my head. I'm not gonna lie. I was I was taking a leak, and then as I'm doing it, I'm like, man. I hope by the time I'm done with this, I got to run to the to to the computer and then put the headphones on. I hope Matt LaFleur says something about, um, about the fact that he needs to simplify the offense. And I swear, as I'm finishing that thought, and I'm like, getting my, you know, get my. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, we got. I'm, I'm ready to
1: go. And he goes, and I think that this, you know, a lot of it falls onto the coaching, and we have to look at each other and have a meeting, and, and maybe we need to figure out if we need to simplify and if we're asking our guys to do too much, maybe in the tight end room, maybe in the O line room. And I'm just like, oh, oh, oh as I'm running. <laughs> like,
0: Bro, there, But I'm, everywhere except play caller? Well, no, and he's out. Like, what does that mean? I'm just playing did, devil's advocate here. He did then acknowledge
1: earlier in that press conference, he says that everybody needs to, to reevaluate. He said that I first and foremost to blame for uh, he, he acknowledged he made some really bad play calls and that it was just they were weird out of like we talked about last night it wasn't necessarily the call that the play is bad it's the sequence and events as to which they were called it just made everybody be like what why would you why? <laughs> right. why are you doing that right now so it was just again it was one of those moments where it was almost like hey Matt why don't you run the ball you're really good and he's
0: like oh yeah yeah that's a good idea and then this time they're like you know <laughs> Uh oh, there's that shucks, Matt LaFleur that we don't like, right? But now he's getting he's getting very snippy. Like but still at the same time, he's like he's got I mean, listen,
2: he's gotta be frustrated, man. He's gotta be frustrated. imagine like imagine the worst work day you've you've had in the last three years, right? That's true. Worst work and then you just finish that work day and now it's hey, come in here we're going to have 20 people that we know you don't like force questions into your face.
1: <laughs> it's, like, no, it's like, as you're walking out to your car, you're like, hold on real quick. I want to yeah. gather all of your enemies and they're just going to grill you for like 10 minutes. Just Right. Right.
2: Or <laughs> um, okay. Beast in the chat. I like this. Uh, it, it's very thought provoking. He said, you guys think we should go after an OC and change play calling duties. Is it possible to do it during a season two? Here's how I feel when it comes to coaches, play calling, all that stuff. Um, I want my head coach to be an offensive minded coach, okay? Because you win games by scoring points and I understand defense wins championships. I got you. But I want a coach with a a very 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 organized background on the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know, really you know specifically maybe of the quality control aspect, right? Have that in their lineage. I'm describing Mike, Marth, Mike McCarthy to a T, if you haven't noticed, right? That was his background. He was quality control, um, grew up in the West Coast offense, um, had a ton of experience under great coaches, and then stepped in. And he's this guy that's, hey, look, he's offensive-minded, very, very, very organized. Everything has a place, Every and and it's – It's with a simplicity of a a base of simplicity, I should say, right? Um, When the problem is when you're the play caller, you lose track of other things, right? And a head coach's number one priority is to put together the best staff and put together the best team on the field, right? The head coach's top priority shouldn't be calling the best offensive or defensive game, right? Now, if a coach can do that, great, right? Because now it's all on him, He's, you know, it's kind of like McCarthy taking over the play calling in Dallas. The reason he fired, um, I can't remember his name now, um, but basically uh he resigned. What was that, his, uh, Kellen, his name? Remember Moore? Kellen Moore. The reason he resigned is because McCarthy basically told him, look, like, we've got to change things up. As a coordinator, you're trying to get a head coaching job, right? And as a coordinator, as an offensive coordinator, you're trying to score points. That's how you get your name out there. You want the top-scoring offense, and you're going to get a ton of, job interviews, like you're going to see, um, you know, the the guy out there in Detroit get this, uh, this coming year. It's going to happen. He's probably going to get hired as a head coach. So Kellen Moore's calling the game to score points, and as silly as that sounds, McCarthy's going, hold up, listen. There were several games last year that we lost because we were too aggressive when we had the lead when what we really needed to do was run the football and protect our defense, right? So when a head coach calls the plays, that is the positive, is he's going to call it to win the game, not to put up points right, Um, if that makes sense. So that's something that comes into play too. But I think the perfect scenario is like what Andy Reid had there a few years ago where he had uh, the enemy calling plays. Andy Reid had his grasp on everything to do with the organization. Um, He could manage the clock. He could manage all these things that's important for a head coach. Um, He could, you know, push those buttons on the players uh, in real time, that type of thing. But, uh, yeah, as far as when you – when you pull play calling duties from a coordinator mid-season, it can be disastrous. It really can. Now, when you pull it from yourself, that's a whole different ballgame, right? And if anything, it might light a fire under the offense like, dang, we let our coach down. It wasn't him. It was us. You know, those type of things can happen. Um, But I hope that answers your question. Um, I think right now you just got to ride this season out, man. It's a young team. We knew there were going to be growing pains. You know, there's a reason that many, many people picked them at seven and a half wins, right? Or even either the over or under of seven and a half. So, and that's the other thing too. When we talked about the point spread, I can't remember if it finished at one and a half or two points last night uh, before the game started. But look at the difference in the game. Vegas was all over it, but somehow, some way, as fans, and I'm as guilty as anyone, we go into the game thinking, "Oh, we should blow these guys out." And it's like, who says that, right? Like. You know, <clears throat> any given Sunday, right? So, anyway, I uh, didn't mean to go on that little tangent there, but I thought that was a, an interesting question. And let me get what, what do you think? What do you guys think about as far as play calling? Like, I'll read the question again. You guys think we should go after an OC and change play calling duties? Is it
1: possible to do it during a season two? Um, what do you think, Jay? I think that depends on the coach and the team. I think that somebody like uh, anybody that's out of the Shanahan tree, specifically those guys that were in that, um, the podcast, what was it called? The coaching blah, blah, blah podcast. Like I think the ego there, you don't get like, basically that's a demotion. Those guys don't take demotions and they don't take it lightly. I don't see Matt Lafleur surrendering his play calling duties or any responsibilities publicly to another guy having to hire somebody else. I mean, maybe once he, Gets tenured and he has you know, he's, he's on his second Super Bowl, third Super Bowl, and he's like, "Oh, you can be my whatever guy." Like Belichick probably has a Diet Coke guy, you know what I mean? Like,
2: oh no,
0: there oh, is a Diet Coke. Or an ice cream we're not right? <clears throat> <Yeah. Anyway. laughs>
2: Tim, what do you think about that question, Buck?
0: I, I mean, I agree with what Jacob's saying. You know, like if if there's going to be a change, it's going to come from within. You know, like it, let's say he did relinquish play calling duties in this theoretical scenario who's he going to give them to i don't see him bringing in outside help to turn over you know calling his offense so you know we don't know it maybe there's someone in quality control right now at 1265 working underneath matt lafleur and for all we know someone's in the wings you know ready to take on that type of role but um you know it's it's a thought-provoking question like you said Clayton, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting the wheels turning and thinking of things, but I think in all seriousness, I don't see that happening and you know, mid season, you know, quarter of the way through the season, I
3: passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. EBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us.
0: How how often in NFL history have we have we seen that work out in a good way when you start, you know, changing changing of the guard at the top levels of your organization, you know, five, six, seven, eight games into a season? You know? I mean, I remember when uh, you know, Coach McCarthy was uh let go with a few games left in the season and we we saw a lot of cowboy, <laughs> and I mean not Dallas cowboy. I mean cowboy type mentality football, um, with an interim head coach, and the the team was just kind of kind of doing whatever they wanted to do. So I mean, you know I don't know. I I, I think if you make a change, you, you do that uh, in an off season, not yeah. not during the season.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. For sure. Uh, Drew D in the chat said that last interception was partly due to the circumstances. That's very true. I think that's a very fair statement. That last interception that that love threw. Um, it's still, you know, a bad interception though, because he had check downs open. You got to know the situation. You, uh, the you know, the time left, you got one time out. Um, I all think- those things. It's, it's still a negative, but you're right. It, you know, coming down to the wire there, you know, you got to score a touchdown. You're probably going to be a little more aggressive than you should. But uh, go
1: ahead, Jacob. No, I'm just, I feel like that that's another one of those things where we're giving this guy too much credit. I looked back and I couldn't see the all 22 yet, so I, I could be completely wrong. But in my opinion, yes, he had a check down, at least one. And then he also, and I think that if he, we've seen him being able to, he has running ability and he can juke. He looked like he could at least get us within a yard to put us in a fourth and one, if not get us a first down, at least with his legs. I, th- I believe we had another uh, first down at that point. If not, we had at least enough time to spike it like that. You need to know that you just don't chuck it up. And then on the other side of it, I think that uh, Watson definitely, he admitted, I believe, in a press conference that he needed to do more to come back and play that ball. I think two, two different interceptions he admitted that he could have done more to play the ball a little bit more, you know, aggressively. But I don't know. I'm, I'm still sour.
2: <laughs> Tad Samato in the chat said, "Gut check, 2008 Packers were two and three at this point." Um, now, here's here's what's crazy. You know, there's two ways you can look at this. Tad, let's go back to Aaron Rodgers' first year starting right, which I believe was 0-8, if I remember correctly. Um, they finished six and ten, right? So you go, okay, well, Rodgers turned out fine. The team turned out fine. It's just a growing pains, right? You go back and watch it though. Rodgers played. I mean, he played. It, it, it's like when you when you look at the comparison across the board, touchdown to interception ratio, and I I seen people on Twitter too, they were saying, no, but Rodgers played great, though. It was the defense that was horrible and this and that. And I'm going, bro, he didn't play like Rodgers yet. Like, let's just pump the brakes a little bit on that, you know. Um, Deadfish says, blame me and, mo- we- and now we can move on. Deadfish in here trying to fall on the sword, man. I love it. That's my guy right there. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, everybody talking about the video that we posted there said it was straight 90s editing. Well, I, I was a 90s kid, so that makes <laughs> sense. Larry in the chat said, I'm not too worried, yet it's probably perspective having lived through the 70s and 80s. Most of you have only known winning seasons and being a Super Bowl contender. I would say 95% of us fall into that category, Larry, and that's a fact, man. Um, and anytime anybody brings that up, you get one of two reactions you get a reaction where someone says, well, I don't want to hear that. That It doesn't matter. It doesn't have anything to do with now. And then you get my reaction, which is, thank God y'all held the flag up during those dark times and kept this thing going. Because it had been real easy to try to move that team out of Green Bay, right? Um, so uh, it's fans like you, though, that, that kept, it, kept it moving forward. And uh, yeah, we gotta prevent that. We gotta prevent going back to the 70s and 80s, there's no doubt about it. Boz in the chat said uh, 14 points, in my opinion. That first pick was a guaranteed field goal, very good point. Um, and and for them to to stand up and stop that drive and, and keep it to a field goal was absolutely huge. And uh, I can't believe we blocked the field goal. That still feels like the the dream to me. Like I can't I cannot believe we blocked the field goal, been so long. All right, we're gonna get back to the chat here in a second, gang. Um, I know we fell behind, but uh, I want to hit on some of these PFF grades to get everybody's take. I want to get your all's take in the chat as well. Um, Let's start with the overall team uh, weekly grades here, fellas. Let me get this chat off. Uh, And, again, thank you so much for the chat there, boss. Um, So this is just your your weekly team grades. So against the Raiders, overall 67.1, offensively 58.3, passing grade 47.1 pass blocking 75.0, receiving 56.0, running grade uh, 76.1, run blocking 51.1, defensive grade 70.8, run defense 77.2, tackling grade, listen to this, 88.5, the best tackling grade. That might be the best tackling grade we've ever had under the Matt LaFleur era. Um, Pass rush grade only 60.8 coverage grade 64.8 and then special teams grade of 80.8 so special teams showed up pass blocking was solid um, run block or running grade was good tackling was good run defense showed up defense overall um you know was uh, was pretty stout that's when I look at those grades and you break it down into three aspects of overall um, 67.1 feels right uh offense 58.3 absolutely feels right it was bad last night it was real bad uh defensively 70.8 i think that's a fair grade i think that's very uh very accurate as well i didn't realize the tackling grade was that good when you seen you know a couple people with like Jair out there on the edge and, and a couple others but rudy ford man after watching the tape again jacob man he popped off the screen again that dude was a tackling machine he played arguably the best game he's played yet as a Green Bay Packer, in my opinion. He just—I know the PFF grade won't suggest it when we hit it in a minute, but he just—he was everywhere last night. But uh, what do you
1: think about that overall team grade, there, Jacob? Um, I, honestly, I thought maybe I'm mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they gave Ford a little bit of love in the individual grade. And I know that his last three games have been quite impressive. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at that tackling grade. I have no idea how that's a thing. Um, Run defense, great. I have no. I mean, I don't know. I just I'm a little bit blinded because I watched that the end result, and you feel like so gutted, but then you actually when you when you look back and watch the game, you realize it. We, the offense was horrible. It was trash. It was a dumpster fire. But the defense really did play a pretty stout game. Um, Jair, I gave a lot of uh, a lot of grief too because of one specific play where he just took a bad angle. I don't even know if you could say it was a missed tackle because the angle was so bad we can get to it in a second but Jair ended up with a 77.6 tackle grade so i don't know this is maybe the first week that i'm actually very confused by what pff's grading system was i saw a different <clears throat> a couple other uh youtubers and listened to some other podcasts that said that some similar kind of stuff where they're just like man i don't quite understand these grades this week but we can dive into the specifics here in the individual grades in a second and see if you guys agree. Yeah.
2: So, what what do you necessarily disagree with right there, then, Jacob? If some, if you if you feel like okay, overall they're they're they don't line up with what you've seen. Uh, what do you think you disagree with the most there as far as those grades?
1: Probably the pass blocking grade, like seventy. It, you're telling me this is the second best performance of the Green Bay's offensive line of the year, and, and and just while I'm watching that game, I don't know. I just feel like Jordan Love is running for his life. Okay specifically for max crosby but just in general he just never looked like i know a lot of the a lot of the passes were a lot of those quick flat routes a lot of quick outs a lot of slants a lot of that kind of stuff so he wasn't holding the ball but to Mm -hmm. me i don't know that just seems like a very and then the run grade of 76.1 i don't know we talked about aj Dillon having a decent day but i think he ran it like 20 plus times for 70 yards like a 3.8 average or something like that so to me that's, that's okay it's not great. I don't think that's 76.1 worthy.
2: But you um, gotta keep in mind the grade itself,
1: it, it, the yards aren't a reflection of the grade. Right. You know? Exactly. No, and now that's just like saying look at the run block. Right. Yeah, overall feel I guess. And then the tackling grade, I did not expect it to be an eighty eight point five. Like you said, quite possibly the best tackling grade we've had in mm-hmm. uh in in Joe Barry's tenure for sure. So I, I don't know. It just it didn't seem the grades don't seem like they match the flow of the game but when you break it down specifically it kind of makes a little more sense yeah visually
2: what do you think tim do you are you kind of with jacob or uh what do you think uh you know because when i look at the grades the, the only thing that really pops out to me is the tackling grade and and it's just because uh, like i said jair and there was a couple other missed tackles now other than that they were pretty solid um i just man, 88.5 is through the roof that seems a little high but um what do you think there do you feel like those are accurate or or not in indicative of what you've seen.
0: For the most part, I feel like it's indicative of the type of game that we ended up with, you know, we lost by uh about 4 points, you know. So um I'm with Jacob on the pass block grade. That that kind of <laughs> stuck out to me almost as much as the the high the 88.5 tackle grade um on the other side of the ball, but but uh I guess I the only thing I can think of to Jacob's point about like the flow of the game and what we're seeing in that moment. I think the pass block grade being higher is just an indication of the fact that, yeah, there was two sacks on Jordan Love. Yeah. So I, do, I don't know if we have pressures, how many and, pressures or hurries, but maybe that's more of what we saw, or maybe it wasn't <laughs> even necessarily pressures or hurries. It was just Jordan rolling oh, left oh. or rolling right to, to try and create. So yeah. um, I think some of those numbers can can feel a little misleading when maybe they're not. And again, it's PFF, it's one one metric. Right. Um, you know, we're weighing that out against what we're seeing. So I totally get where Jacob's coming from because I I felt that way initially too. That mm-hmm. you know a couple of those numbers jumped off the board. Like, wait, what? Like, what game were were they watching? But when mm-hmm. you kind of hindsight is twenty twenty, you go back and take a look at some of these plays, you can kind of see it. So it's, you know, I think it's par for the course for what we saw was a uh, another incomplete game, another non-complimentary football game uh from the Packers, which is yeah. uh disheartening going into the bye. So
2: Yeah. Um and one of those sacks, keep in mind, this is gonna blow your all's mind watching the tape earlier. One of those sacks was two, two sifting tight ends responsibility was to block Max Crosby. There wasn't even a tackle blocking Max Crosby. It was just two tight ends coming across the formation. And by the way, it's one that's an undrafted free agent that we signed a few weeks ago, and the other was Tucker Craft, third-round rookie. I was just like, that was the plan? (laughs) That that was the plan? What? Um, So, if you remove that, too, keep in mind, which it is pass-blocking, so yeah, I can kind of see your point. I think when you look at it overall two sacks, um, the thing that I also take into consideration when it comes to how the offensive line plays is the four-second mark. And the four-second is being genuine, very, very generous. The quarterback has a ball in his hand for four seconds. He deserves to get sacked. It's the NFL. Like, you know, I think it was Brady that was something like 2.2 seconds was what he averaged, getting the ball out. And people wonder why he was so good. It was that pre-snap assessment, post-snap, um, adjustment and being able to get the ball out quick let's move on to offense real quick well, let me check the chat here just to make sure we're not missing anything here here's a good one drew d says what do you mean by non-complementary football because we had 25 rushing attempts to 30 passing attempts
0: um, i'll take that one i mean uh the the defense was playing okay and the offense was sputtering and putting 13 points on the board Complimentary in my mind when I said that meant um, you know, you're getting complete games on all phases. Your special teams, I mean, our special teams grade was good. Yep. In this Best game. Grade, uh, the defense, the defense could have been better, but it was not a dumpster fire. The offense was a dumpster fire at times. So that's I guess that's what I meant by uh non complimentary football. I didn't mean uh, unbalanced. I just meant, you know, not complimentary in the other phases of right. the game.
2: Yeah, and keep in mind too. There toward the end of the game, it was like five, six straight passes. Too, that's going to get that passing attempt up, right? Um, and also, there was one drive where you literally ran three passing plays in a row, and and this is right after you moved the chains twice running the football, right? And then non complimentary football. Also, in my opinion, the first thing that comes to mind for me is Jordan Love throwing that interception inside your own twenty. Like that's not complimentary. But so you're you're literally. You're 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 putting the D right
0: back on the field. Yeah,
2: after they just had a long drive, and I've heard a lot of people talking about, well, the the defense sucks. They give up a long drive. It's like, okay, so you would rather them give up one play? Like was that the first
1: or second interception? It was that in was some. the first, first interception, interception, right? Yeah. Sure. he threw into quadruple coverage, right? Now we have, we're not lot of talk about
2: that. His name is Joe Barry. Okay, <laughs> <We're> not allowed <laughs> like to talk that. about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, that. No, I, don't not even very
1: agree I agree. I agree with that. What's that, Jacob? I just, I don't know where he thought he was. He must have literally been one of those things where his blind side, maybe an offensive lineman perfectly took the defender that was standing directly where he wanted to throw the ball. And even then, if you take that guy out of the equation, there's still three more grown NFL humans that are right around the dude that you're trying to throw that ball to. I just, that was like, yeah. And
2: uh, 2-0 for this says, maybe Matt spends too much time looking at his eyebrows instead of sticking to the run game. All right, that's enough of that. (laughs) Well, let's see here. Um, What's the trade deadline look for the Packers? I'll go ahead and give you – I've got a time machine, actually. I know exactly what happens. Not a damn thing. Well, (laughs) that's the conclusion, but I'll tell you what happens. We called about every single person available. We gave them a call. I promise you that. (laughs) No. <laughs> the angry casual fan in the chat says, I think Goot has ruined our roster with analytics-based draft picks. Um, I wouldn't say he's ruined the roster, but I definitely, I definitely agree with you more than most, probably, uh casual fan there. Um, I love that name too, the angry casual fan. Oh, it always cracks me up. Um, because you know, we're so we're so keyed in on these athletic profiles that I think we're really overlooking some of the tape. and and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I understand roster evaluation better than Brian Gudikins, right? I'm I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is how many times have we been like, man, I really like this prospect. Oh, darn, he doesn't fit the athletic profile. So they're not even going to look at him like, you know, like Puka Nakua. I got roasted last year because I was like, this kid Puka Nakua, people need to pay attention to him, man. Look at his PFF. PFF doesn't know crap. Look at what he's doing out there in L.A. right now. But because he had bad measurables, he dropped in the draft. Sean McVay said, yep, give me that guy. I'll put him split out opposite side of uh, Cooper Cup, and it's paying off. You know, um, so, uh, yeah. And, and Paul Robertson, you're right, man. All picks are based in analytics to a certain extent. Very, very true. And The, the word analytics does get thrown around very loosely today. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, All right, let's see here. We got a super chat. Josh Martin. Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate the support. He said people comparing 08 Rodgers to love are crazy. It's a different league than 15 years ago. It's a passing league. Now quarterbacks come into the league better than a current love. Love isn't getting better. Um, You know, I would consider it a passing league back then too, Josh, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, The quarterbacks are definitely way more prepared and ready today. Like it, to me it almost seems like when was the last time? Let me ask you guys this. When was the last time a quarterback was drafted and he sat for at least two years and then went on to have a good career in the NFL? Because Pat Mahomes only sat one year and they were so quick to push uh push uh guy, what was his name? Alex Smith out, right? Who was an M V P candidate that year? But they seen Mahomes right off the bat, he's got it. it I would hurts. I would argue that the hurts. last one was Aaron Rodgers. What's that, Jake? Yeah.
1: Hurts didn't sit for more than just a few, like a half season, didn't
2: he? Yeah, Hertz was. Yeah, he was kind of thrust in really quick. Yeah, yeah. So, Josh, you've got a you've got a great point there, man. Quarterbacks coming to the league better than a than a current love. I mean, um, there there are multiple quarterbacks this year in a, in a quarterback draft too, where many were saying, and Michael Lombardi included, saying Bryce Young was the only slam dunk. The rest are crapshoot, right? And then you look at Anthony Richardson. Granted, he he just hurt his AC joint, but. He was looking solid, right? Um, CJ Stroud is is the truth right now. Or as they say in the streets the day he is him. CJ Stroud is the man, dude. Like that, and and what I was getting at the other day when I was talking about when the when the listener asked me to break down the quarterbacks, my final assessment was Bryce Young is the best overall quarterback prospect of that class, but CJ Stroud was the best thrower of the football in that class. And what I meant by that, he was accurate. He had a quicker release, all those things. But Bryce Young just mm. played at such a high level at Bama and just seemed like he was pro-ready that they did kind of offset each other. But I gave Bryce Young the uh, the, the slight advantage there. But, yeah, um, especially with this quarterback class coming in, boys, I'm telling you, it's loaded. It's absolutely loaded. That's what's going to suck for love is if he doesn't get it together um, – the Packers will be crazy not to go out and look to get another quarterback uh, in this draft because you've got a Drake May. You've got a Caleb Williams. I'm not a huge Caleb Williams fan, and I know that shocks everybody, but his his antics, like his style of leadership, I'm not a big fan of. And I brought this up to Jake Shavink one time we were chatting, and and I think I think he somewhat agreed. But what I said to him was, name the last quarterback that came in with this cocky, uh, attitude like Caleb Williams has you know what Baker he's- Mayfield
1: brother Baker yeah,
2: Mayfield there you go. there's one right now he's having success this year we'll see how it goes but he's on what his fourth team now right and he was the number one overall pick
0: I think a Johnny Manziel
2: bingo that's another one right where's that cat at he's filming documentaries about how he screwed his life up by being drunk and then he's at the end of the documentary shows him opening a bar and getting drunk <laughs> alright bro do your thing, you know, but uh, yeah. So that's, that's the big red flag for me with Caleb Williams is, you know, he just kind of those type of quarterbacks typically don't make it at the NFL level. Now his, his talent is off the freaking charts. There's no denying that, which many people said that about Johnny Manziel. Although I, I do believe that Caleb Williams is way more talented than Johnny Manziel, but again, that's a decision we're going to have to make, but Josh Martin, thank you so much, man, for the super chat. All good points there, buddy, for sure. It's always cool to dig back to in the past and, and kind of see, um, you know, how that uh, how that compares with uh, with modern day here. Uh, hey, can we it. get
0: the uh, can we get the clip? The can we get I'll the uh, the toilet bowl clip real quick? I feel like oh, it's yeah. Uh, this is this is a, a good time for for that clip real quick. I
2: think I've still. Please tell me I've still got it.
0: Because this well, is what oh, we thought no. of Aaron Rodgers after. Oh, no, uh, I deleted it. Oh, you did? Okay. No. Well, everyone knows what I'm talking about, right? Golly, man! I can't believe I deleted that one. I've got so, the stupidest
2: stuff on here too.
0: <laughs> so there were a lot of people calling for for Aaron Rodgers' head. Oh yeah, they really, tweeted early. Ball. Yeah,
2: really. I've, got, I've got it somewhere here saved. I need to pull it back up. But yeah, it, basically everybody was saying that that Rodgers was you know, and essentially what he said was that that specific fan poor Ted Thompson, man. Jacob, talk Spike. about something here. I'm Spike. gonna pull this up. I gotta, I gotta find yeah. it. I'm gonna pull this no, up. The best
1: part is, he goes, Oh, no, no. So, you got your Brett Favre there. It's gonna take it to the Super Bowl, and this Aaron Rodgers over here. I mean, he, he's he not taking you know the toilet bowl. And, and <laughs> yeah, what's his I'm name? He goes, Yeah, yeah, it, it,
2: we'll talk about it yeah. or something. It, like it. <laughs> he just He just goes, it, hey. Jacob, talk about these
1: PFF grades. This is all awesome right. grades. I'm going to go oh, find that great. video. Right now. Everybody knew this was going to this. Everybody knew this is going to look how this looks here. Obviously, we knew that Ben Sims was going to come <laughs> in here with 82.3. He's got a passing grade uh, of 88.7. Clearly, I mean, duh. He, he he did this all on nine total snaps. He did have a pass blocking grade though of 26.6, but he did have a run blocking grade of 70.5. So the guys. uh Imagine if that pass blocking grade was even in the, like, 60s. Wow. Josiah DeGuara, a couple of scrub tight ends, are our uh, top-scoring athletes in this in this game. So that tells you basically about how uh, well this game went. Josiah DeGuara has a 78.0 offensive grade, 73.3 for passing, a uh, pass blocking grade of 66.9, and a run block grade of 69.6. Kind of encouraging to see that out of him. A.J. Dillon, our third Best ranked offensive player with a 72.8 passing grade of 52.8 pass blocking grade of 77.6. Again, really great to see. And a running grade, 72.8. And uh, Mr. Don Wicks, don't mess with him, don't touch him. He only had 13 snaps. I feel like we definitely need to increase that because the guy has shown like he can definitely play and play well. 71.3 offensive grade. And then it kind of falls off from there, guys. Zach Tom, 65.6. It is a little bit encouraging that Josh Myers is our second best ranked offensive um, lineman with a 65.0. But here.
2: Other, other than the penalty, he played well.
1: He and really look his pass blocking grade, guys. 77.4, second to only. I'm sorry, that's third overall besides AJ Dillon. But uh, as far as your offensive lineman, this is a, a real quick one that really shocked me. John Runyon Jr. He's down there with a fifty-seven point nine overall offensive grade. Horrible, stinks. But look at this. Back to doing what he does at the pass blocking area. He has an eighty-seven point four, borderline elite grade there, and then that run blocking grade. He you know comes back to life with the forty-seven flat. You got uh, you got that clip over there, Clayton. Or you want me to keep blazing through this?
2: What's uh, what's Jordan loves. Right there. Well,
1: you gotta go down to the fourteenth overall ranked person, and that'd be our quarterback, Mr. Jordan Love. The truth, he is a fifty-three flat passing grade of fifty-seven point or I'm sorry, forty seven point <laughs> one, running grade of seventy four
3: point seven. Rodgers,
1: who the only place he's gonna take you to is the toilet bowl.
2: And then you got Fred Farr, who will take you to the, right, the, the Super Bowl. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I'm, I'm just saying, we're not going to
2: talk
0: about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. just saying, you're I a buffoon. That. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> yeah. it. The amount of self-control Ted Thompson had in that yeah. moment, God, God bless him. Because no doubt, man. That was just like. Unabashed ignorance in his face, and of course, we won a Super Bowl two years later. Correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Son. Yeah. You are, so, yeah, you are correct. Okay, th- and, th- and for, thanks for thanks to... for finding that one, Clayton. I just wanted to pull that one out real quick.
2: No, dude, I would love to find that guy. Like, <laughs> w- wouldn't you love to interview him? You know,
0: like, oh man, dude, oh my god. Anyway, I love so... to hear what he has to say about Jordan Love right now. <laughs> so with Did the I PFF, not get to time well, when did out- this guy go to Ireland? <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> hey,
0: look, seriously, look at
2: Tay Wicks, though, man. Tay Wicks, minimal snaps, you know, only 13 snaps. I'm telling you, that kid, I think he's going to have a bright future with the Packers. Um, Zach Tom, I think he held his own considering that, that Max did line up over him the majority of the night uh, at a 65.6 overall grade. Like you said, with Josh Myers, kind of showed up. Um, the, uh, the other one for me, is uh is AJ Dillon 72.8. And again, that's what I seen. I know the yards per carry weren't weren't there, but look at the run blocking grades, guys. Like the offensive line run block like poo-poo, right? <laughs> and AJ Dillon somehow, some way still picked up those positive yards. I don't know if you guys seen it. His shoulder pad, the jersey on his shoulder pad was ripped, the jersey on his back plate was ripped. That dude ran his ass off. And and they beat him up all night long. And he fought for every yard he got. I'm proud of A.J. Dillon, man. And uh, Me too. That, he, that, he wasn't
0: that... even gassed until like the fourth quarter. Yeah. Just saw the hands on the hip finally. Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah.
2: Um, so, all right, let's move on to as we approach the 48 minute. I'm sorry, Tim, what do you think about those
0: offensive grades there, but get your take real quick. Uh, uh, I think it's um, a step back for Rasheed Walker against, um, I-, I thought a matchup that he was going to kind of maybe show some strides in. Um, that's disheartening the lack of targets to Dobbs. I don't think Romeo Dobbs was targeted until the third quarter of the game. Um, Jaden Reed, I, did he play? Yeah. 29 snaps, believe it or not, man. But he was yeah
2: like nowhere to be seen. And, and Dobbs too, man. They, every time I seen Dobbs running around, it was just when he ran out of the back of the end zone on that one third down, you know, I, could, uh, I, I was just like, what, well, bro, are you, are you high? Like, why yeah. are you? four yards out of the end zone and he's throwing his hands up like somebody else did something wrong. I'm like, what? <laughs> you want him to hit you in the second row? Like, what are you mad about, dude? You're out of the end zone.
0: We got to rotate that talent in more. Uh Don Wicks uh, needs to, needs more snaps Definitely, um, because his routes look crispy. I mean, I was, the, the routes he were, he was running. And when he was targeted, he, he had a reception, Um, you know, so I, I don't know. This is just, Low all across the board. I mean, Ben Sims has a high grade because he had a play. that one play, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, those numbers aren't going to do it. But to your point about A.J. Dillon, I feel like what we saw, I think maybe a lot of us got really excited about um, because this is what we expect from him. Whether Aaron Jones is in that lineup or not, like we need you to be the strong back. We need you to get 60 to 70, maybe 80-yard games here and there and keep us steady with the run game so we can do other things. Um, But we haven't seen that from him. So we finally saw it last night and I think that's kind of why it's even more of a gut punch that we uh, didn't get away with the dub. But um, I'm with you Clayton. I thought AJ Dillon played his, his heart out last night.
2: Yeah definitely cracks me up dude this stuff. I swear like the angry casual fan just had a comment and it said, Would you like to show this or hide this comment? Because it may be inappropriate. I'm like, what, what did he talk? He said, Hopkins is still the man.
1: <laughs> it's yeah.
2: like, Yeah, I get, oh, yeah, I forgot. We're in a year now where we're not allowed to refer to people as men and women, I guess. I don't understand it. It, it absolutely drives me insane, man. Oh, God, don't get me going down this road. Anyway, yeah. all right, let's do this. Hit the, uh, well, I want to hit this chat really, really quick. Um, Boz in the chat, the silver lining. Hey, we got the good Carlson. We do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Big brother didn't like that. But, hey, it is what it is. All right, let's go on to defense real quick. Um, I'll read these off real quick. Russell Douglas, I'm telling you, he popped off the tape to me. That dude, that game meant something to him last night. Um, 90.9 defense was great. 90.9. Run defense grade, 72.6. Tackling grade, 79.2. Coverage grade, 91.0. Absolute dog. Rudy Ford, uh, second week in a row, right, that he's had a great game. Am I thinking right? Didn't he have a good game last week too, fellas, PFF-wise? Am I, am I remember correctly? Uh, he was up there.
1: Last three games he's had good games. Yeah.
2: 75.0. Run defense grade, 72.1. Tackle grade, 82.8. Um, coverage grade 69.4. That tackle grade really pops, man. When you go back and watch it, Jacob, that dude was not going to be denied bringing the he
1: ball. He
2: was thumping people, yeah, definitely. Uh, Rashawn Gary 71.4 um, with a uh, run defense grade of 67.7, pass rush 65.2, and a tackle grade of 74.2. Uh, definitely played a lot better in the tackle game there for sure. Kingsley and Igbari 70.1, Lucas Van Ness 68.5 with 26 snaps. I'm gonna tell you something, man. Lucas Van Ness, you're seeing him consistently in the upper 60s. And as a rookie, that is a really good grade for a rookie, according to PFF. I'm telling you, man, I think we've got us something there. I think by next year, you're going to see a heavier rotation of him with Preston Smith. Although Preston Smith, you felt like he played good in this game, right? It didn't kind of feel like that initially. And then oh, yeah. you go back – I went back and watched the tape. And, man, I'm telling you, that – uh, <laughs> when you see him in coverage on Tay, it's like – that one's going to hurt the old PFF grade. That's so, not of fair,
1: That's so not fair. He got lined up <laughs> it, it, twice on receivers. and It's like, yeah. oh, dude. it
2: really isn't fair, man. It isn't. So if there's one thing that I disagree with them on, um, them being PFF, this is definitely it right here, man. This is definitely it. So, um, no way should that situation bring down his grade that much. And Jacob, you do what you got to do Bubba. Um, right. so, uh, Quay Walker had a rough one, although it was just 17 snaps. Um, he, you know, got in the backfield a couple of times there. Uh, obviously still a a great tackler, 77.2, overall grade 35.6, coverage grade 29.4. I seen that play. I think there was two plays that I seen where it was kind of a a blown coverage by him. Um, I had to go back and look at the all 22, which isn't available yet. Uh, But, yeah, that's kind of how that popped. Devontae Wyatt, again, pass rush grade is 70.9. That's another one that kind of sticks out. Of course, run defense, again, it's abysmal, uh, 58.3. And uh, Jonathan Owens stepping in in a pinch, 31 snaps, 65.1. That's a lot better than I expected, Tim, uh, with Jonathan Owens, man. I think he played pretty solid filling in for Savage, didn't
0: he? Uh, I would agree with that. He's That's what he's here for, right? He's a physical uh, safety, and um, that's what you need. Um, so anything we can get out of him in the plus category is is great. So I'll take it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jacob, anything pop out to you there before we move on, Buck?
1: Yeah, definitely the Preston Smith, the Kenny Clark being way down there. I thought seeing him with that sack, I thought I saw flashes of him. And it's like, man, TJ Slayton, I consistently kept seeing him just barely, barely missing on stuffing the run. And he was getting really mad at himself. And it looks like he did. He graded out okay on 37 snaps. So that's a little bit more encouraging. I, I did see that it looked like, if I had to guess, If uh, Savage isn't able to play, I think that Owens is definitely going to sneak in there and become the starter. Um, So that's encouraging to see that Ford is progressing the way that he is. And then you guys in the chat, a couple of you guys talked about it. I just – I can't believe how much of a leader Razul has become. I want to see what his overall rank is in the NFL. I have to imagine he jumped up a little bit. Mm, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to go look right now, Jacob. You keep talking. Okay. I mean, he just – he seems like that he is – Single head. We I mean if you guys remember going in, it's such it's so crazy how the NFL works. Going into week one, we thought, well, the cornerback's room is stacked and deep as all heck. Safeties suck. We're gonna be you know horrible there. Linebackers are locked. We don't have to even worry about middle linebackers. The defensive line's crazy, and we have a great edge room. So the defense is gonna be stacked. And he now it's out. like the cornerbacks are dragging along and they're getting dragged by Razul Douglas, who's showing that he is just a dog. Safeties might be one of the best parts of our defense right now. The only edge that's worth anything right now is Gary, and we can't get him to play more than 30 snaps. And then on offense, I mean, look at we we have a bunch of young talent, but it's so fast and we're so blah blah blah. The offensive line's the staple. We're so healthy for the first time in so long. Well, the, the
0: running backs are so good. We're so deep at running back. Oh, good lord. Yeah. So, Sewell Douglas is by far the most consistent player yeah. on the defense. All year going back to week one, um, and you know, holds his teammates accountable when they they mess up. And uh, I feel like he's he's the type of leader you want back there. I wish I wish we had a couple more of him. He was an absolute steal from that that Arizona practice squad. So, oh, yeah, dude, we're blessed to have him here.
2: And that's where you got to tip your cap to Joe yep. Goody. That was a great find right there. Um, Rasul Douglas currently is the eighth. Highest graded cornerback in the NFL. That's awesome. What about 83.7? Now, if you sort it by coverage, let's do this real quick. If you sort it by coverage, he has the fifth highest coverage grade of all corners in the NFL. Now, this is the part that sucks. Going back to defense, you got to go all the way down to 92nd, is where Jair Alexander is at a 63.5. So, yeah. Pretty rough, rough stuff. What and, about Rudy Ford? Where's he ranked? Oh, let me see. I've just got corners pulled up. Let me add safeties real quick. So we'll sort it by safeties, okay? Just safeties alone. Um, overall defensive grade. Let's climb down here. Rudy Ford is 27th at a 73.7. So than I thought. A, a guy that they basically gave a minimum contract to. I think he's making $1.5 million, something like that, roughly. Um. He's grading out as a starting caliber safety, you know, Uh, where there's typically two starting safeties, obviously, on every defense. um, He's grading out as 27th. That means he is a he is a number one quality safety, according to PFF. Right. And uh, let's see where Savage falls. I didn't even think to look there. Oh, looky there. Before before we find Savage, we find Dallin Levitt with seven snaps at a sixty-five point five. Nice. <laughs> Jonathan Owens, yeah. sixty-two point three. Gotta keep going, gotta keep going. Darnell Savage, ninety-fifth. So to put that into perspective, Darnell Savage is grading out like a fourth safety on a roster right now. Nice. So, and that's Good. the guy you gave seven point nine million to while only giving one and a half million to uh to our other guy. So uh, to Rudy Ford so you guys know last year I wanted them to resign Rudy Ford to a uh, a four-year deal three four-year deal you get him on the cheap with some guaranteed money and now you've got a solid basement as far as a safety room to build off of instead they let him walk sign him back to a one-year deal and of course Darnell Savage gets almost eight million dollars in the bag so um, it's tough man it's tough but we're gonna hit on special teams, but we're kind of out of time, Jacob. I know you got to wrap this thing up too. Let's get some parting thoughts real quick, and we'll get out of here. I know you got a sick pup back here. He's being a trooper right now with his little, uh, little head wrap over there. You gotta love it, poor guy. That's a fashion statement, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you got, Jacob? Parting thoughts, man. Uh, I guess I'll put this up here while you talk
1: too. <laughs> <laughs> Bowling, he got like perfect. That's just perfect form right there. That looks like the uh, looks like he's planking. I was gonna say, what's that other movie, not Roadhouse, but that looks like Pat
0: McAfee at WrestleMania,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, or Or the Patrick Swayze movie where he picks her up and she goes flat.
2: Oh,
0: yeah,
1: Dirty Dancing,
2: man,
0: Dirty Dancing, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: I've never seen it, yeah. (laughs) I
1: don't don't watch that and Ghost back to back, no. Uh, I guess I'm just a little bit worried about the offense. Or I'm sorry, the defense now that we seemingly have lost two of the quarterbacks without Quay Walker and without Devondre. I just don't see that, that defense being held together in a cohesive way. I think McDuffie did as well as you could ask him to do. And I think Wilson did even better than you could expect him to do. It's basically our four string uh, linebacker coming in there and trying to be again, the, the captain of that defense. I'm worried about us being, I, I'm just happy that we're going into a buy, but I swear to little tiny baby Jesus that if we don't, if they come out of this buy and Aaron Jones or Watson or somebody pulls a hammy, I'm going to, I'm going to go find whoever this strength and conditioning guy is. I'm going to walk right up to him and I'm going to get my butt kicked by him. <laughs> I'm going to tell, gonna tell exactly what I think. Yeah
2: exactly um so we'll put this up here for this final barrage of comments Zach, or two oh for this in the chat says zach tom took lessons from lebron james um our boy paul robertson said just like slapping a piece of cheese on a burger
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we got the angry casual fans that <laughs> look like he dived into the plastic balls of chucking e. cheese <laughs> number one packer fans said whatever works lol use everything to your advantage hey if you ain't cheating you ain't trying baby um Let's see here. United Bates in the chat said, "Got to give him credit for the commitment." Um, yeah, I love it. And then I guess they wanted to get back to uh, serious chat, which we're not about in here. So let's go ahead and take that off. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Tim, final thoughts, buddy? Um,
0: yeah, great form by Zach Tom there. Um, tip of the cap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we just got to keep our heads uh, going into the buy. I think it's uh positive news that uh, apparently. Uh, quay walker's knee injury is not believed to be super significant um which you know going into a bye hopefully we see quay back out there um i'm assuming mcduffie gets the green dot now um if quay is not going to go against denver but i think it's way too early to uh to speculate on that i'm sure we'll uh have more to go on once we get um some semblance of a official injury report um But, you know, another game that we should have won, we were in it, uh, never out of it. It's disheartening, but it's only a bad mistake if you don't learn from it. So I think if we see more of the same old same out of the bye, uh, it might be time to start uh, having those uncomfortable conversations. But if we come out strong, like I think we can, uh, Jacob talked about this yesterday, you know, or I believe it was yeah, either last night or last week we talked about, you know, at least two and two or three and one out of the buy um, give us some momentum to try and uh, salvage a halfway decent season here. But, um, you know, we'll see what some rest does uh, trying to stay positive. Um, there are some positives and uh, I'm sure we'll see it on chalk talk. Uh, hopefully Clayton's got at least one positive or two positive things we could talk about. <laughs> I know you had a lot of plays, um, um, yeah,
2: there's there's going to be many positives on defense, and and there was a couple times I wanted to post some positives on offense, but I think we got one or two in there. But it was just it was so hard, Tim. It's like, no, they don't deserve it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean. Like, the whole purpose of chalk talk is is game flow and telling you know telling what happened and explaining why it happened, and you know any positives you put in from the offensive side of the ball into that that chalk talk segment is just going to feel like it's forced and you're not, Yeah, I not want to say you're not being truthful. Obviously it happened, but it seemed like the good plays that did happen didn't have a real impact on the game. Does that make sense?
0: Right. Right. It's, just, it's like, you, you got to, you're not going to learn much if you keep your training wheels on your whole life, you gotta, you gotta take the training wheels off and focusing on the one or two things you did good in a, in a bad performance overall, is not, not good learning material. So I think you're right got to look at the mistakes and where we can, uh, correct them. So, um, and I think, you know, the blame game is only, is only worth it. If the person you're assigning blame to you actually believe is going to make a change or, you know, make an adjustment or, you know, you actually believe you're not going to see the same thing, uh, another week, week in, week out. So, you know, I don't want to point fingers too much. Um, and honestly, if we are, we got to point at the players, man, players got to execute. You know it, yeah. it we always talk about that so final thoughts is uh take a break take a breath uh we got a bye week coming up we can uh have a little bit of fun this weekend hopefully and uh chalk yeah. talk on the way lot to learn and uh just happy to be along for the ride guys yeah same
2: here man united Bates said i love chalk talk i learned a ton i do too every time man every time uh I do it. Uh, United Bates, I pick up on something else that I didn't know. And that's the whole reason I started doing it, you know, before even before the podcast was just sitting down, taking notes, breaking down a tape, understanding the terminology, understanding what the concept was. Where were the checks? Where did it go wrong? Where did it go right? Um, that type of thing is uh, is what being a football fan is all about, you know, um, unless you want to fall into the casual crowd. Right. Which I love. uh I had never used that term casual until I met Tim. And, Tim, you threw it around a couple of times, and I'm really digging it because it's, it's the perfect way to explain the people that just go, run the ball. Why are we running the ball? <laughs> i <I'm> back back-to-back plays. <laughs> yeah, Larry in the chat said, congrats on the jersey. Murph, go pack, go. Yeah, Cheesehead Murph. Obviously, like I said, we're going to get that autographed John Coon jersey out to you. I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys right now. Um, it's going to be a couple weeks before we do another giveaway, but when we do, it's going to be a good one. It's going to be an autograph Paul Horning Jersey. Okay. Yeah. So the golden boy. Um, it's going to be a good one for sure. It's the uh, Beckett style home green Jersey, uh, with his autograph on it. Um, as a matter of fact, I think Mandy, Mandy's like my buying agent, right? She is, she is a professional shopper. If you don't believe me, I can show you my bank account, bro. She knows <laughs> how to shop. Um, but I believe it might be the one similar to mine back here, if you can see it. I don't know if you can see that or not, but see at the bottom, the accolades stitched? Oh, nice. So it's got like the, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, it's got its full name. It says the Golden Boy, um, 1957, round, pick, uh, round one, pick one, that type of thing. Some of his career accolades, so um, that type of thing so we'll, uh, yeah, we'll definitely give that away, I think it's the same jersey, I need to double check, it might just be just a regular home Beckett style, but I know it's green, and I'm pretty sure it's got that stuff stitched on it too, so Mandy uh, always getting the best, but she she's excited to to make those purchases and stuff, and, and get memorabilia to give away on the pod all year long, so pretty cool stuff, but Tim, thank you so much for your time, man, I really appreciate it, I definitely want to give a Special thanks to uh, Jacob. Thank you so much, buddy, for hanging out with us. Uh, If you're listening back to this later, I know you got a sick pup and you carve out the time to hop on here. We really appreciate it. Everybody in the chat. You guys were awesome. I'm sorry. We can't get to all the chats. It's just, we're kind of growing to the point where we can't cover them all. Um, But we, we definitely appreciate you guys in here um, hanging out and, and talking amongst yourselves and all that good stuff. And, Every now and again, I catch one in the chat where I'm like, man, I'm glad I read that because it's a way better topic than we had scheduled. So uh, really appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, so let's get out of here. One special shout out to Josh Martin. Thank you so much for the super chat, pal. Again, United Bates, thank you for the memberships last night. Sorry the chat locked up. And obviously, uh, God smack AR69 with the super chat that we didn't get to read last night. Really appreciate you supporting the stream. So we're out of here. Y'all have a great evening. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, if I'm going to try to get Chalk Talk ready as soon as possible. It may take another day because I'm telling you, it's going to be a long episode. It's going to be a fun. I'm going to see if Jacob and Tim want to get on here with me and do it. If not, I'll do it separately. Um, but it might be a fun one to do live one evening where we can all kind of chat about the plays as we go through it. Um, and we might have to break it down into two episodes. Who knows? We got this long bias, so uh, we definitely got time to cover all that. So one last glimpse at that right there. Tim, work <laughs> on your planking form. All right, man, get it down. <laughs> get it down. All right, we're out of here. For those of you on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, back go. The
0: power sweep actually it's the it's the lead play on our in our offense.
3: Tell the tackle, you take the defensive end if he's over. the back drive down the first man who is
1: inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside. Got no one goes, you right by them and field him back. Right. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play, we'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.